is our number three of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is the program where each and every week we talk about the news of the past seven days and the events of our often bizarre lives and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of insanity, which is the American media, cultural, and political landscape. If you missed hour number two, you're going to have to catch you're it. You're going to wait for the podcast. <laughs> you definitely want to catch the podcast tomorrow morning at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Well, let's just say. Boy, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Hey, listen, I do honestly believe, I mean, not the particulars, but I believe that the overall themes that you and I are talking about, I believe that is a fight that's happening uh, more often than not across the country right now. Oh, I agree. And it's part- We're in a quandary. No, you know? I, I agree. No, I, I I know people, and I'm one of them, who have lost a lot of friends uh, over this whole Trump issue. Because it's, it's not easy, and it's mm-hmm. emotional, and it is, it is gut-wrenching. And, you know, and we've talked, you know, we're, that's what we do on this program. We talk about things honestly, even when it means us, uh, you know, almost losing our friendship over it. But I feel I feel personally better than I did uh, before the last hour. And it's definitely an hour you're going to want to catch on our podcasts tomorrow morning at uh, freespeechbroadcasting.com, both versus uh, via SoundCloud and iTunes. All right. Now, a lot to get to in this hour number three of the program. As we were reviewing the Republican convention, the moment that got the most attention and i thought was vastly overplayed i'm very curious to hear leah brandon's perspective because i know she was a big fan of ted cruz at that's one point who i vote no that's right i voted for little marco right but at one <laughs> i point, wanted to vote for ted right well you know for a while leah brandon was a big ted cruz fan i have never been a ted cruz fan because i think he's a phony and i think he's all about himself he's, all, uh, he's mr conservative though well in theory yeah and i'm i'm fine with that but uh, I never thought he was electable. I never thought he was likable. I never, th- I never thought he was sincere. Uh, I, I frankly think that it's bizarre that he ends up being the guy now because of this controversy at the convention. That is the one who can say he stood up for principle and conscience. When, when let's let's preface this whole conversation, Leah, because this is important to point out. Ted Cruz had, in retrospect, the Maybe last chance to take out Donald Trump, because you got to remember at the end of 2015, Trump and Cruz suddenly became tied in the polls. Do you remember that? Do you remember that, Leah? Uh, let's see. Okay. Let's see. just gonna have to trust me. Late, had, what, what kind of voting had had? Happened? No, no, they, they were tied. They were tied. They were tied in the opinion polls. It was okay. the first time since Trump had taken the lead than anybody that had pulled even with him. And you remember the whole, the media tried to create conflict between Cruz and Trump. And Cruz sent out that now infamous tweet. What the media wants is Cruz and Trump in a cage match. Yes. It'll never happen. Donald Trump is terrific. Right. And, And then there was also the photograph of Trump and Cruz together in Trump's office with their smiling with their thumbs up together. And then, and then at the next debate, they basically had a detente. Well, what happened there was that Cruz made a political miscalculation. He did. He thought he thought that he would go away. Right. He thought, oh, this is fantastic. I'm now the guy, and the, and this Trump thing, this balloon is going to eventually pop or fade, and right. I and I'm going to get all those voters. Well, but I can't say anything because the gun will go. 
<laughs> right. I can't attack him because look what happened to all the other guys that attacked Trump. They're dead now. So so Cruz decided it was in his best interest to play nice. Well, yes. so I, I'm sorry if, if I'm a little bit cynical about the notion that somehow now Ted Cruz is Mr. Conscience because of this moment during his speech, which, by the way, was given to the Trump campaign beforehand. Ahead of time. Ahead of time. They knew full well what he was going to say, what he was not going to say. No one expected him to endorse Donald Trump. And I believe that Cruz walked into a trap. I believe. Yes, that, I do, too. I believe that the Trump people knew exactly what they were doing. And this might have actually been the smartest thing they did during the entire convention. But here's what happened when Cruz gave his speech to the Republican National Convention in Cleveland and made his now infamous non-endorsement of Donald Trump. Stand and speak and vote your conscience. Vote for candidates up and down the ticket who you trust to defend our freedom and to be faithful to the Constitution. of the New York delegation. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless the United States of America. Now, the, the media reaction, which we talk a lot about, but the media reaction to that event was, would not have been more uh, dramatic if Cruz had done a Sinead O'Connor with the Pope on Saturday Night Live, taking Donald Trump's photograph, put it up to the podium, and ripped it apart. I mean, <laughs> if, I mean, if Cruz had done that, the reaction would not have been more dramatic. I, I thought, Leah, that what he did was perfectly fine, very appropriate. He didn't, he didn't say vote for Hillary. He didn't say don't vote for Trump. He said vote your conscience. And I guess the only people that have a problem with that is people whose consciences are bothered by the concept of voting for Donald Trump. I'm okay. Here's what I got out of it. Yeah. Because I was listening to him uh, and he wasn't really connecting with me that much. I was busy or something. But when he said vote your conscience for the people down ballot that's when i went what <laughs> is he basically at donald trump's convention saying you're gonna lose the white house and so i need to let everybody know that there are other races on the ballot to take uh, look, care of and i sent out that tweet at that moment about that same thing and then i saw this and was like <gasps> he's going to get his butt kicked <laughs> All right, but but I'm curious as a either current or former Cruz fan, and you're a big Glenn Beck fan too, so that's basically the same thing as being a Cruz fan. Well, as, the two of them together, though. Okay, uh, well, maybe maybe you become so Trumpified that now you're all your no, perspectives. No, I'm not are a Trump fan. Okay, okay, and it, let's not get back into that right now. But look, so I'm just curious. Bottom line, did you react positively or negatively to what Cruz did? I uh. I reacted negatively to his snide comment to New York because I think he knew what was going to happen. Um, and I think he was kind of arrogant about it there. I did like his speech, you know, what I heard, but then it was a slam. <laughs> All right. I, I thought it was way overblown. I thought it was perfectly fine. Uh, and when we come back, I'll tell you about why I think this was a trap that was brilliantly set by the Trump campaign on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. So we're talking about what happened at the Republican convention this week and specifically the big controversy over Ted Cruz having the gall to <laughs> say that you should vote your conscience because that's a bad thing in 2016, America. To, do we even have well, consciences anymore? I mean, I, let's just say it. Vote your conscience. That is the never Trump <laughs> statement. Well, right. I, look, <laughs> it is classic Ted Cruz in that he is it always is. trying to have it both ways. He's oh, he's always the smartest guy in the room. I'm, I'm sure he probably thought, well, on paper, I can I can spin this whatever way I want to. I said, vote your conscience. <laughs> so, you know, that's classic Ted Cruz. Uh, but I still thought it was overblown by the media. Uh, and I also think that the Trump people almost played this perfectly. And I say almost because Trump blew it uh, the next day. Uh, I'll, yes. I'll explain in a, in a moment. But but here's here's what I think really happened. Uh, whether it was by design or it was by accident or maybe a little bit of both, because frankly, I, I don't believe people are smart enough, even you know, especially in the Trump campaign, to pull something off this perfectly. But what 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 they ended up getting out of this episode, I thought, was all very positive. The first thing they got was drama, right? Reality, oh, yes. Reality TV drama. I mean, Trump. WWE. Right. Trump literally comes out the moment Cruz's speech is ending, and he's waving to the crowd and creating a you know a whole big stir. It was obvious, obvious <laughs> that the delegates had been put up to this. By the Trump campaign. And you know why? Yes. Because, look, I've been to these. I've been to a convention. I've been a delegate. Okay? People do not, on their own, start chanting, endorse Trump, endorse Trump. Uh-uh. Uh, no, there's no way that happens no. organically. There's no way. And it's obvious. The other thing, by the way, was obvious. They knew he wasn't going to do it. Because when, he gave the speech. Well, right. Well, in other words, my point here is the Trump people knew what was in the speech and right. they had a, whatever it was, whether it was the New York delegation or how many delegations they thought they could control. They had those delegates create the scene because yes. they, they wanted it to look like this. And and by the way, to the to the persuadable, independent, low information voter. And let's be clear. That's who the target is here. The target in a general election is not your hardcore conservative or your hardcore liberal. It's the morons in the middle who aren't paying attention, who know barely anything. Because you got to remember, I love the poorly educated. I mean, look. So Trump, Trump's target here is I love the poorly educated. And the, the poorly educated, they don't know who Ted Cruz is. They look at him and he's an ugly. Kind of a they want to hate him, right? He he seems like a d bag. You know, he's obviously super conservative, and this guy is not endorsing Trump. In their minds, that's good. That's appealing, right? That's appealing to the swing voter because they don't want to. They don't want someone that Ted Cruz likes. If Ted Cruz, if the Ted Cruzes of the world don't like you, that's inherently a good thing. So they got right. They got reality TV drama. They got low info independent voters going, hmm, that's kind of appealing. And then they also got something that Trump really wants. The perfect excuse if he loses. He now has the built in, unless it's a blowout. Unless it which I'm not sure I don't think it's gonna be right now. I mean, who knows? 
Trump could implode at any moment. But if this election was three weeks from now, it would not be a blowout. And so if it's close and he loses, Trump can plausibly say, it's all your fault, buddy, because if we had been unified as a Republican Party, I would have won. So this is a this is a, a grand slam for the Trump campaign until the next day. <laughs> because, because of all the things that you might want to do. The he, day- can't, he cannot win. That's Trump's problem. He doesn't know when to just let it ride. Well, I mean, it's really become comical. You, you can't even parody anymore because of all the things, you know, if you, if you put a thousand people in a room and said, write down what you think Trump ought to do the day after he wins the Republican nomination and gives his acceptance speech. If, if a thousand people had written down the craziest thing Trump could do the next day, I doubt seriously that. Too many or maybe any of them would have written down, hold a press conference and proactively re-litigate whether or not Ted Cruz's father was an associate of Lee Harvey Oswald Uh, just before the assassination of John uh, F. Kennedy. Now, it's it's unbelievable. Let's just listen. Yeah, I have it. Here's what here's what happened. I have it. I've always said, why didn't the National Enquirer get the Pulitzer Prize for Edwards and O.J. Simpson and all of these things? But anyway, so they have a picture, an old picture, having breakfast with Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, nothing, I'm not saying anything. They said, and here's how the press takes that story. So this had nothing to do with me, except I might have pointed it out, but it had nothing to do with me. I have no control over anything. I might have pointed it out. But they never denied. Did anybody ever deny that it was the father? They're not saying, oh, that wasn't really my father. It's a little hard to do because it looks like him. (laughs) So here's the story. The press takes that and they say, Donald Trump and his conspiracy theories, he went out and said his father was with Lee Harvey Oswald and he assassinated the president. What did I do? So two things. Those were the two points. So on those two points, he said about the endorsement, and, and I just had it cleared up. I think I'm doing the right thing in doing it, but I have to do it. Number one, the Heidi thing you understand. Now, number two, I know nothing about his father. I know nothing about right. Lee Harvey Oswald. Okay. But there was a picture. Okay, all right. We're up against the break. We have. Where's that teleprompter? We have got. We have got to talk about this a little bit more when we come back and. Uh, There are no words. There are no words on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And um, we're talking about what Donald Trump did the day after his acceptance speech at the Republican National Convention. By the way, an acceptance speech did, much to my surprise, did not do blockbuster TV ratings. 
I'm not. It was uh, eight hours long. It was a bit long, but you know the Trump campaign has put out an ad tonight or today. Did you see this, by the way? They put out. A, I did not. They put out an ad, an actual ad, although I think it was only an internet ad, that that counted the minutes of applause that Trump got during the speech. That How was many the, did he get? Tw- they they're claiming 24 out of the 75 minutes was applause. So. This, I guess, serves two purposes. One, to stroke Trump's ego, an entire ad based upon how how many minutes of applause he got, but also as an explanation for why he went on for as long as he did. But, you know, look, I'm not sure how to interpret the the lack of blockbuster ratings for the the speech. I think we'll know more tomorrow when I'm sure a whole slew of polls are going to come out, and I'm predicting that Trump will be quote-unquote, leading in many of those polls by at least a point, two, maybe three in head-to-head matchups against Hillary, although I, I think that will be reversed by you know another week and a half after the uh, the Democratic convention is over, assuming that no major news completely overshadows that, not like a terrorist attack or something like that. I mean, then the Democrats might be really in big trouble. Yeah, because um, there's no chance of that happening. Yeah, I mean, heck, we're, it's like every other day now we get a, a terrorist attack. Other. Uh, well, almost, yeah. I mean, maybe more than that. But anyway, but, so look, so we're, what we're doing is we're talking about what Trump did the day after. And, you know, Leah, we, we have said hun- crazy. hundreds of times in our career together, uh, both at KFI and uh, evenings in Los Angeles and then here on the John and Leah show, if this had happened to a Republican, oh, my gosh, well, this is where Trump gets treated like a Democrat, because I got to tell you, and maybe you're so Trumpified that you're going to disagree with this. I'm not Trumpified. Okay, well, well, you can tell me if you disagree with this or not. All but right. I truly believe that if Hillary Clinton, let's pretend Bernie Sanders didn't fully endorse her during the convention, right? And that if this coming Friday, she proactively quoted the National Enquirer in a crazy conspiracy story implicating Bernie Sanders' father, of course, is already dead, but right, let, let's pretend it's his, uh, his wife, that Bernie Sanders' wife was somehow involved in the Kennedy assassination, the, yeah. the, the news media would destroy her as vindictive, as insane, as someone who has well, lo- lost control okay, now, with reality. They would maybe, cru- maybe. No, 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 no. But, they but would see, you and I have talked her. about the weird thing about the Inquirer. We've talked about it on this show because remember uh, you, <laughs> the OJ thing right. and the John Edwards, now, and those are two things that he named. Okay, hold on. And so what are they going to do? No, wait, John Edwards. Oh, wait, that's right there. No, that no, did no, happen. No, no. Leah, Leah, Leah <laughs> this, this is going to get complex, but let me let me be very straight up here. What makes my opinion on this issue, I think, more credible than most is that I actually think Trump has a small point here. I bought that particular National Enquirer. I'm baffled as to why Rafael Cruz, in the two months since, hasn't produced a photograph of himself within a few years in 1963 so that he could show the National Enquirer and Donald Trump that they're full of crap. The fact that that doesn't happen makes me think maybe it actually it is him. Maybe it actually <laughs> is him. Okay. Oh, chalk it up with John Edwards and O.J. Right, but here's but but this oh, is this and, is and, and Ted Cruz uh, extramarital affairs. Well, remember? right, but here and we've talked about how there's two National Enquirers. The there's the crazy space alien National Enquirer, yes. and then there's the National Enquirer where they sometimes do some serious stuff. And this was <laughs> this was the full front 
page, not just part of the front page, the full front page. Now, but here's why my opinion, I think, is is more credible. I, I'm one of the few people who realizes that the National Enquirer story, National Enquirer story did not, as every single news media outlet is telling you, did not implicate Rafael Cruz in the actual assassination. Okay? That's not what the story was. The story was that Rafael Cruz was handing out pro-Castro leaflets in New Orleans two months right. before the assassination with Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, right. is that the biggest story of all time? No. But if Cruz was going to be... Tanky. Well, it's weird, but 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 it, it it had relevance. It had relevance when Cruz could have theoretically been the nominee, and if that story was true, ain't no flipping way Ted Cruz wins Florida with photographs of his dad handing out pro Castro leaflets with Lee Harvey Oswald. No That's chance. Right. No chance in the world. That's but, right. But it's no longer relevant because because Cruz isn't the nominee. Right. Memo to Donald Trump. You won. You're the alpha male. You're the victor. Let it go. The, I know. The quote, quote frozen, let it go. Let it go. Well, you know, Ted Cruz had, had already come out and said, and had his own press conference. Right. He's running to the mic going, he said these things about Heidi and about my father. And so why didn't Trump just let it go? Because he be, goes on and on because, with no answer. And this is why you, you, people, it's amazing to me that people like you wonder why I can't get on the Trump train. This is an indication that goes way beyond whatever the hell his policies are, which I don't know what the hell they are. I don't think he knows what his, his policies are, frankly. I, I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, he's just making it up as he goes along. And, and, And so forget about his policies, forget about his experience. This is where we get to the realm of mental illness, Leah. I think Donald Trump is mentally ill. And this is a perfect example of why it's more than plausible to believe it. Like I said already in the show, his own writer of The Art of the Deal says he's a sociopath. So... This is why I'm hesitant. I'm sorry. Just because he has an R next to his name that I can't get behind the notion of a mentally ill person. And that's what you have to be. You have to be so colossally egotistical, so narcissistic, so vindictive. Hillary Clinton. uh, I think they all are. I I, I mean, really. Leah, Obama is as narcissistic as anybody who's ever held the office, and he can't hold a candle to Donald Trump. Not a candle on this issue, and that this what what he did with Cruz's dad proves it. Even if he's right, because it, there's no purpose to that. But but I have to tell you, the news media basically gave a pass. There was a little chuckling. There was a oh, can you believe he did this? But there was no nowhere near the obsession. Can you forget about the Hillary example? Because you don't want to believe that the media might be abandoning Hillary. Because I think they are. I think she might be getting slonged again. I, I think we might be seeing 2008. For Trump? Yes. I, or for Bernie? <laughs> no, no, for for Trump. I think it is possible that at least elements of the news media, and what's interesting is the entertainment news media seems way more serious about taking Trump out than the news media does. The news media feels to me, this feels a lot like what we started to see in early 2008, 
when they flipped from Hillary to Obama because he was better for ratings and he was better for the narrative and he was more exciting and he was a new love as opposed to an old love and their 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 private parts were getting all juicy uh, for Barack Obama and they abandoned Hillary and in Trump's language she got schlonged. I think I think she might be getting schlonged again because wow. can, can, can you can you imagine? Because you know, I always use Sarah Palin as the patron saint of bad oh, media coverage. Yeah. Can you imagine? If Sarah Palin had had done this in 2008, quoting the National Enquirer for no purpose to to be vindictive about the father of an already defeated opponent on her side, she would have been labeled a complete, she already was, but she would have been further labeled a complete nut job, insane person. That's what we're dealing with with Trump. But the media media let it drop. The media just let it drop. I think that they loved slamming Ted Cruz more than Donald Trump that day. I think that's what the you, problem was. You think that, in other words— They hate they, Ted Cruz. So, in other words, you think they enjoyed what Trump did, even though it was insane and it was politically absurd. You don't yeah. step on your own convention by going off message and quoting the National Enquirer about the Kennedy assassination and potential involvement of Ted Cruz's dad, even if there's a smidgen of potential truth to it. You don't do that. That's just stupid. I know. Uh, so, um, but— I look, think they just hate him so much. <laughs> that it's more about Ted Cruz. Right, well, the larger issue here, because we're not going to even worry. Ted Cruz is old news now. Now, yes. I, now, if Trump loses big, I think Cruz is in a fine position for two, 2020. He still it, can't win, though, the general. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm not going there. I'm just talking about what what is in Ted Cruz's mind. If Trump wins or if Trump barely loses, Ted Cruz is done. It's over. Yes. It, it is over. His, his career is over. He might not even win re-election in Texas because, uh, you know, Trump is now claiming he's going to spend $20 million to defeat him, which is hilarious because he wouldn't even spend $20 million on his oh. own, own damn presidential campaign uh, when he was broke Let's last month. Let's take on Hillary. Uh, Can uh, anybody okay. take on Hillary? Well, 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 that goes to my larger point here. I think what we're going to find <sighs> out this week, I think we're going to find out this week whether or not my my major premise behind the notion that Trump cannot possibly win was a faulty premise because it was based upon the idea, which I think is fairly sound, that Trump was going to get destroyed by the news media because he gives them so much to work with. He was going to get the Sarah Palin treatment, maybe exponentially, and I have not seen that happening yet. Not in the news media, in the entertainment media, yes. That's what's interesting. The entertainment media seems to be more serious about taking Trump out than the news media is. And maybe we're living in such a bizarre world that maybe the news media, I always presume the news media would look at this as an affront to their authority to determine what is best for the nation. And that, you know, the Washington Post certainly did that today. They've already put out a full page anti-endorsement of Donald Trump. So the, I, I need to at least reference that this is not the full media. But the Washington Post doesn't have that much influence anymore. Uh, so they put out a full-page anti-endorsement of Donald Trump. I figured the entire news media was going to be like that. But maybe they've determined, you know what? Screw the country. We know he's terrible. But guess what? The worse he is, the better for us. Because He's going to destroy the Republican Party. He'll be great for ratings. We're going to get great news stories every single day. He's going to be exciting as hell. 
we don't really like Hillary. She's lying. She's a liar and she's corrupt. And you know what? We've had eight years of Obama. That's run its course. I, I actually see a scenario where Hillary gets slonged here by the news media. Now, whether or not that means she loses, I don't know. But I think we're going to find out in the next few days whether or not this is a repeat of 2008 and what happened with Obama. And this well, time, the convention's coming, so uh, stand by. All right, when we come back, uh, our final segment, we got to talk about Roger Ailes real quick on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. It's the final segment of this edition of the program. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com, and tomorrow morning, that's where you can check out the podcast for this particular show. All John and Leah shows can be found via SoundCloud and iTunes at freespeechbroadcasting.com. You'll definitely want to check out the second half of hour number two as Leah and I almost came to blows, even though she's in Alabama and I'm in Southern California. But it There's was- a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely worth listening to. I know I'm going to listen to it uh, on the. Uh, I, don't, I hardly ever listen to our podcast, but I'll I listen, don't either. Uh, I'll listen to our number two just to see just how how he. What did, did we say? What, how did it really go? Uh, before we go, though, I've got to mention this Roger Ailes Fox News Channel story. Um, yeah. uh, if, if in a normal week, I would have spent an hour on this because it's one interesting and two very significant. Roger Ailes is one of, if not the most significant conservative media figures of a generation. Yeah. Uh, he obviously built Fox News Channel. He was forced to resign this week, although oddly he's still going to be an, an advisor, and he's getting paid $40 million to go away, all because of an alleged sex, um, I don't know if you call it abuse. Sexual harassment. Yeah, sexual harassment scandal. Um and of course, I don't know whether he's guilty or not. You can, you know, the people who want to say he's guilty say, well, why would he resign if he wasn't? The people that want to say he's innocent was, well, why would you pay him $40 million and make him an right. advisor if he was guilty? So it feels like you could argue whatever you want here. It feels to me like there's some smoke. He's old. Uh, Rupert Murdoch doesn't want the headache, and right. he's using this as an opportunity. To you know, have the changing of the guard. Murdoch himself is going to take over, which could have a, a major impact, theoretically. He's lefty, right? Well, he's certainly not as conservative as Ailes, and Ailes is Donald Trump's buddy. In fact, Donald Trump supported him today, which yes. which is another example, Leah. And I know you don't want to hear this, or don't don't think you want to hear this. Another the thing with Kelly was fake. No, no, no. It's another example of how the news media is treating Trump. Far better than I would have expected. I mean, look at the, you know, obviously my whole life for the last four and a half years has been Paterno, Penn State, Sandusky. If someone had, had essentially, Ailes is now Paterno, right? So he's, been, you know, the legend that's been forced to, he's forced out, and, you know, there's a sexual. Uh, allegations. Uh, allegation, all this. And so Trump supports him in the Paterno model. The media would destroy Trump, even if he wasn't running for president. And and they just basically they reported yeah by the way uh, Trump is supporting Ailes yeah uh, that is kind of, that is kind of weird it, because this is a huge issue to the media oh my gosh he's pro sexual harassment how could he poss- <laughs> how could he possibly support Roger Ailes I mean that would be the narrative normally but it's like something weird is going on the the normal media rules are suddenly not 
applying. You know what? To... That is really true. It. Uh, thank you. Thank you. This one brings it really home. There's because, something. Because, you know, for me, when I read this, talking about 50 years of harassment from Roger Ailes, uh, you know, I've been in news media for a long time, and we used to call that fun. Um, okay. <laughs> well, people would make comments, but well, now it's sexual harassment. And so for me, this is kind of, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I believe all of this going on. I understand. But, but it is Fox News. Right. Trump should be destroyed. Exactly. They could, if they wanted to, this is a perfect You're right example. on this one, boy. They could You're right. destroy him on this. But, yeah. but for some reason, they're laying off of Trump. And I'm not saying that that's, in this case, wrong. I think it's perfectly appropriate for him to defend no, but his friend. It's Fox News. Right. So And Donald Trump. Exactly. So my point here is if the news media wanted to get out their knives... There's all the elements right there. Sexual harassment, Correct. Fox News, Donald yes. Trump, he's taking on Hillary. It's the Democratic Convention. Oh, my God, how dare he defend Roger Ailes. Now, whether Ailes is guilty or not, I don't know. But but the guy who has been running Fox News Channel is now gone, replaced by Rupert Murdoch, who is no conservative. And I don't know what, what his view is on Trump. I doubt that Fox News is going to suddenly pull the rug out. From Trump now that his buddy is gone, I, I doubt that. I well, you were talking Trump TV well, earlier. Well, I did think it's funny that you know I wrote a column uh, where I joke at the end. Well, you know this all sets up perfectly uh, because you know <laughs> Trump loses, Roger Ailes starts uh, Trump TV. Uh, you know Sarah Palin's available. Uh, <laughs> you know Sean Hannity's going to be available. Greta Van Susteren's going to be available, and I mean that sincerely. I mean that's yeah. that's that's another element of this. Because Ailes is now gone, I mean, Hannity was already up Trump's ass as far as he could possibly see, uh, and Greta's darn close. They are, you want to talk about in the word of the night, invested? Sean, yes. Han- Sean Hannity yeah. oh, and yeah. Greta Van Susteren, their careers are now invested in Donald in Trump Roger. winning. No, well, no, that's true. In, in Donald Trump winning, that right. is true. Because if Trump loses, if Trump They're loses, out. they've got no Ailes to protect them. They just yeah. supported a loser, and maybe a, a loser that lost big. Their their ratings are going to tank. They're not that good to begin with. I don't know how. I mean, they're damn lucky to have their jobs as they are because they're both very untalented and not very bright. They are. Uh, and, and so was Gretchen. Sorry, yeah, but she was. So the point here is, my prediction is that if Trump loses, especially if he loses by a big margin, Greta and Hannity will be gone within a year. I don't know how long it'll take, but it won't be that but long. But they'll go to Trump TV, so they win again. Trump TV will be a disaster. <laughs> it would be a disaster. The only reason why anyone cares about Donald Trump is they think, oh, my God, he might be president. If that's no longer part of the equation, it, it becomes Sarah Palin TV. Look what happened with that. It, 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 there's, it, it was a disa- disaster. So, um, so, look, I don't know whether Ailes is guilty or not. I, I do believe that the culture at Fox News Channel was basically a high-class stripper club. I mean, you got a bunch of hot young women and yeah. older, middle-aged, mediocre-looking white guys. And and I think that, as you said, the what happened here is the rules changed and no one told Roger Ailes. He never thought – he probably never thought he was sexually harassing – but, right. he, but he was because the rules changed and he was so powerful, no one told him. Oh, by the way, you're not allowed to look at women's legs anymore. You're not allowed to say, you got great legs, stand up. I mean, that's one of the allegations. So that's my guess as to what happened. It's the only thing that kind of makes sense as to why he's paid $40 million and allowed to hang around as an advisor. 
But um, it's an important story and definitely could have an impact uh, moving forward on the election, which I think this is a very key week. You won't be here next week. You'll be off on vacation. I'll be here. Uh, in fact, John Yarmouth, Democratic congressman from Louisville, will review the Democratic convention next week. Until, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, I'll see you in two weeks, Leah. So long, everybody. Bye.